Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype of the health and fitness industry. Every week, we dig into a new topic and help you wade through the real information to make solid decisions on your fitness journey. And boom, we're live. Welcome back. Good to see you. You were just talking about sandwiches. Yeah, I'm learning French. And in French... I thought sandwich would be feminine. It's it's hard figuring out what's masculine and feminine. It's like le sandwich. It's it's masculine. I don't know how a sandwich is masculine or feminine. I I thought a masculine was a like a, a sandwich is more feminine to me. It's like a, a thing of beauty that you got to put together. Yeah, a sandwich doesn't really strike me as something strong no. and ma- testosterone filled unless it's toasted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> barbecued sandwich anyways i want to throw a topic on on your plate here we're going to dive into this a little bit i'd be frustrated man what um, has you frustrated sir um to the point of people want to work out and they want the results they want to reap the benefits of being healthy and in shape they don't really want to put in the work. And a frustration of mine is working with a lot of people. And if you're listening to this ever and you think that I'm throwing you on the bus, I probably am because... He I'm, meant under. I'm not fr- on. You're not going on. You're not on the bus. You're going under the bus. Yeah, when people are trying to... They're trying to work out, but all they do is just complain through their entire workout and put in half-ass, mediocre effort... And then they also are upset that they're not getting results a couple months later. What's your thoughts, Curtis? The frustration is real for me. Like, real. Um, So the challenge is this. Like, you can expect out what you put in. We hear this from people all the time. But the, the actual execution of that, in my view, the thing that you can be most proud of in exercise is the effort. And like we talk about raising kids, we should be praising the effort more than the skill and whatever else, because that's the thing that makes the difference. Mm -hmm. We lose that somewhere along the way or never gain it. So when somebody comes into a workout with self-loathing, let's call it loathing, whether it's they hate the process or whatever, they've decided they hate it, P.S. Mm -hmm. Well, I just hate working out. It's like, okay, well, that's a choice. It is. You could, mm-hmm. you could find something that you like about it. You could. And if you did, then your energy would be positive. And if you had positive energy towards it, then you could be proud of what you accomplished. Rather than, I just survived something I hate, it could be like, well, today I accomplished. Yeah. And approaching something with a negative outlook, I don't, I don't think anybody would try to defend that. I think it's just... It's- I'm I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it because, you know, I think we agreed that people should be exercising and taking care of themselves for the rest of their life. When I speak with certain clients and individuals, they agree with me that like, yeah, I know I need to exercise for the rest of my life. But then they piss and moan and they complain and they're negative. And I'm like, man, life's really going to suck for you if you're going to have to do this thing that you hate every single day for like until you die. Like it's kind of like you're setting yourself up for failure. And they're like, yeah, I know. But say la vie, say la vie. Don't care. I'm just gonna like grind my face through the like through the pavement and just try to try to execute this and get it done. This is bigger than exercise, though. Like we've talked about exercise and and whatever, but it's larger than that because you can expect the attitude you approach something with to dictate the success or the outcomes from it. Can you not? Mm-hmm. 
I think people understand that, but I think that we also get stuck in those zones so easily because we've created it to be a negative. How are you going to take a positive from a negative? And I've, I've talked to people about this a lot when it starts coming to limitation. Like when it comes to something that is a limitation, well, I used to be able to do is a dangerous phrase mm-hmm. because what we want to see is progress over perfection, right? What about if you get the whole thing twisted and all you can picture is where you're at right now and it's not where you want to be? Yeah. I think that's what we're dealing with. Do you think that's true or? Maybe in a different scenario to what I'm speaking of, it's not necessarily people saying that they're limited by anything. They just don't want to do what's in front of them. And it has nothing to do with what they were capable of previously. This is just people who are people who are very capable and are honestly like losing, like they're honestly going steps backwards because, you know, like what we used to say, there was a saying, like, if you're not progressively moving forwards, by default, you're going backwards because yep. time continuously moves forwards. So these are like young, healthy individuals who are, you know, quote unquote, like healthy, but they want more than healthy. They want to be like proud of their physique. They want to be confident in their own skin but they're just not willing to put in the work and the work that they do put in the effort level is minimal and the attitude is negative too. I can come up with an example that is kind of interesting on this topic. Did you know that when you start training somebody that says, well, I just want to straighten out this pain in this specific area. And this is, this is true of many clients that I've dealt with. Oh, I have pain in the hip, I have pain in the knee, I have pain in the shoulder. I want to get rid of that first and foremost. Most of them, the time where they're going to struggle with their motivation the most is when it stops hurting. Mm -hmm. Because they don't have the reason to be positive about moving forward anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'll take somebody who has, for example, a sore hip. And then when they start struggling with motivation, you know when it is? It's not that they're not getting results. Oh, my hip doesn't hurt as much anymore, so I'm struggling with motivation. Yeah. So I actually think this comes down to a, a motivational issue of, of misframing. So motivational issue of misframing would be, well, <clears throat> I'm focused on getting rid of my pain. My pain's gone. Therefore, my motiv- motivation is gone. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we're looking at the most successful people long term, what they're focused on isn't, well, my goal was to lose 20 pounds. They're their focus is going to be shorter term. This is from a book called Tiny Habits. It's like, well, we overreach the goal, and then we're looking at something that's so far in the future that it's imaginary. So what if we brought that back down and said, well, today I'm going to feel better after I exercise, and that's my focus. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, my motivation to exercise isn't there. Cool. Well, what if you changed into your clothes? When you change into your clothes to exercise, is that, is that something you can do right now? Yeah, sure. Okay, what if you gave me one minute? What's the likelihood you're going to do more than one minute? High. So this, this ends up coming back to just basic psychological principles for me. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make it any less frustrating. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I've, I've also dealt with the, you know, the clients or the people who are like, oh, to your point, they're like, yeah, I want to lose 15 pounds. And then once they lose the 15 pounds, the motivation starts to dwindle. And they have, and they're like, oh, I just want to maintain now. But this is, what I'm dealing with is, is like, they're not even unlocking the 15-pound weight loss yet. And they're just their whole mindset and their whole approach to their exercises. I hate this. 
and I don't really know how to help them through that. They haven't even really gotten the goal yet. I think to that point, you know, when we talk about mindset, maybe like losing that 15 pounds, it's not that important. Maybe they just say they want to lose the 15 pounds, but it's not really that important because, you know, they still can live their life and do what they want to do. And it's an inconvenience to look at yourself in the mirror and not necessarily be 100% happy with how you look, but it's not game changing. It's not pain. It's not physical pain, right? Yeah, I think that's a, it's definitely a type of pain. It's one that can easily be overlooked, though. Put on a baggier shirt. <laughs> Don't have to <laughs> well, see. There's that for sure. I think that it's a really interesting concept because I've talked about this before. You can tell me what you think of this. People think that once I lose X or I accomplish Y, that everything is going to be so different. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, your relationships are still going to be the same unless you've serviced them. Like, there's, there's a lot of stuff that isn't going to change. Like, let's say you're 25 pounds overweight versus a six-pack. What, what really changes? Your concept of yourself, maybe the way you feel. But I think a lot of people look for that, thinking that's going to be the solution. And the closer they get to it, they realize that they're still the same person. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's important on both sides of things. I've, I've seen lots of challenges on fat shaming and stuff like that. Medical industry actually does a really poor job of this. They, they fat shame people really bad. Anything that they've got wrong, oh, it's your fat. Mm-hmm. I had a client that had back pain for years, and her doctor kept saying, well, it's because you're too fat. It was not her weight at all. We, we eliminated her back pain. Where was the doctor on that one? Mm-hmm. So there's that. On the other end of it, you, you know, you get judged on the other side too. Well, you don't know what I'm going through because you're in shape. Like things like this. Yeah. Like I hear people talk about skinny bitches. I, I hear people use that phrase and I'm like, well, my wife has never been overweight. Mm-hmm. She eats like a regular person and doesn't really exercise. So how is it okay to talk poorly about who she is? That's not okay. But all of that, that's just self image issues. And I think this does boil down to that. Like, what do you think is going to be different? I think a reframing of what you're getting out of exercise in the first place is what needs to happen there. And I could be right or wrong, but my, my thoughts on this is that if you reframe exercise to be, listen, I'm doing this for me to make life better today in the following ways, I think that's way easier to get behind. And then if you have a good coach that's going to talk to you about it and be like, hey, listen, it sounds like you've got some negativity towards your exercise. If you want the best out of this, we're going to need to approach this like it has value. You're going to need to take pride in what we accomplish here instead of loathing it because what worth doing is something you loathe. Mm -hmm. You think that's crazy to come in at that angle? I've came at it at that angle. It doesn't really go anywhere with some people. (laughs) Some people just like really dig their heels in. They're just like, yeah, I know it's good for me, but I hate it 100%, like 120% hate it. Well, on that front, I would rather a person hate it and actually still commit to doing it. There's some, there's some value to be taken out of that. But yeah, to the point, like I've, I've made a little bit of peace with the fact that not everybody's going to come at it with like, oh, this is fun. I enjoy this. And I've also talked to people about, you know, like something that you struggle for is typically more rewarding than something that was just given to you for free. You appreciate it much, much more. Like, yeah, I guess... Still don't want to do my push-ups, though. (laughs) Well, and part of that is resiliency training, because that is something that needs to be trained. I had a a client send me a message online and say, well, how come some people will push for that extra rep and some people won't? And it it comes down to the the mental focus aspect of, of resilience. And that is something that you can train, but 
to get yourself to do things that are uncomfortable takes a while. And some of my biggest success scenarios, like my, my client, Steph, um, she hated exercise. My client, Garrett, he's like, I'm not an exercise guy. I hate it. But then once they walked through it for a while, even though they loathed it, they're to the point now where they're like, no, I actually, I like this. It's doing good things for me. I have pride in what I can do. And my whole view on it has shifted. That's when I think there's big wins. Mm-hmm. The challenge is though, the, like the frustration of it is you're not always going to get that. Yeah. The mental, mental chatter while you exercise. That's also another good point of something that I tell people a lot when they're like, oh, I hate push-ups." Oh, like they, they struggle with push-ups. The push-ups are challenging for them. But I tell them, you know, like what if three months from now, the push-ups are all of a sudden like three sets of 10 is, it's easy. You think you're going to hate it as much? No, because it's easy. Like I've built, like I used to hate chin-ups 10 years ago. They were the bane of my existence. Like four or five chin-ups was like maximum effort. They were hard. Now chin-ups are one of my greatest strengths. And I can't say I hate them because they're kind of easy. Even if I add weight, like a, a weighted belt to my chin-up, the chin-up is now harder, but I don't hate it. It's just, it's actually a movement that I love because I've trained it to be good and strong. So it's like, oh, I hate skipping. What if you're really good at skipping? Do you think you'd still hate it? I doubt it. Well, in that concept of resilience, like the better you get at something, the less you're going to loathe it typically. But also you can see that you can actually reframe something where it's the same activity, but for you it's different. I think that's really important for progression in life. And as a coach, we also need to preframe that sometimes the wins aren't what we think they are. So it feels like a loss when somebody says, well, I hate exercise and you're, you're delivering exercise. It's like, Hey, I made you this nice salad. I put a lot of effort in. It's like, well, I hate that. That's what <laughs> it feels like. Salad. Yeah. That's what it feels like as a coach. You're like, Oh yeah. You know, I, I love salads and, and your clients and, like, yeah, well, I hate it. So, like, oh, oh dang. So, but sometimes the win is just that they're getting it done. Like I've had that conversation a lot with my clients. Listen, it's okay to hate it today, but you got to be working towards this with some sort of focus that you're going to like this at some point or that you're at least going to like the outcome. So how about we focus on that right now? Yeah, that's where I'm at. Definitely. Like you're starting to get the nail on the head. Like where I'm just, yeah, you might not like it, but maybe you'll like it a little bit down the road or you'll like what you get out of it at least. Well, it's kind of like when you talk to somebody who's like a, a seasoned lifter and they're starting to say things like, well, today I didn't feel great and whatever. And then you see their lifts and you're like, that's, the way you fail doesn't seem to matter because your lifts look great today. You did a good job. Mm-hmm. I've said often that those lifts that are a little bit harder and you can still soldier through and make it look good are more valuable. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes as a coach, you just need to reframe and be like, well, listen, they might hate it, but they're here, they did it, and they gave it a solid effort. That is not always in place, so we'll take our baby steps as wins because otherwise it's going to beat us up bad. Yeah. Has your personal mental chatter ever changed in your lifting career? For example, um, today I was doing push-ups. I already talked to you about it. I was doing push-ups under tempo. And 10 years ago, when I didn't know you and I was lifting solo, my mental chatter would be very negative and hateful towards myself. I would call myself like derogatory names and beat myself up and like to try to get that extra rep. It was like a negative thing. Like I was bullying myself to get that extra rep and continue pushing. And then I reached a point, even with you, when I was training with you and I was doing deadlifts and things like that, I reached a point where of like comfortability and I'm like, man, this is what we do. You got this. Like my, my mental chatter changed. It shifted from being like my biggest personal bully to my biggest personal support. And even when I was doing my pushups today and I was struggling and I felt like, you know, stopping at eight reps because a three, one, one, two tempo can be a little greasy. And I'm like, man, this is tiring and I'm fatigued. Like 
but those last two reps, the positive mental chatter was like, no, man, you can let's just, just push through. Like, it's okay. You'll shake a little bit. You're just shaking, you know, spitting bubbles, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but like the, yeah, the mental chatter like changed. So has that, was that something that changed for you or have you always been? I don't know. I, th- I think that I started out exercising from a place of growing. Like I, I was so small when I started, I was hiding that I was doing it. And the thing that always kind of got me through was, oh, well, one more rep. I can do one. Let's get one. And then I try to do more. So mm. one thing that I pride myself is my ability to push almost to a fault. It's like, hey, dude, you need rest. Stop it. Spitting bubbles. Yeah. So I'm good at that. But, you know, for me, that, that has been one of the things that makes working out the most valuable in my life because it's building resilience for the rest of my life, building confidence for the rest of my life. Because when I started, I weighed 87 pounds and I was four foot 11. Yeah. So I, that is something that I often bring exercise back to and say, listen, we're building resilience through exercise. And that's something of value. And if we can take nothing else away, take that. I think the one rep, one more rep mentality is really beneficial. I, I used to think that like at times during my lifting, my lifting days, I'd be like, man, do we got one more? I'm going to do chin-ups. Do we got one more? How about one more? How about one more? Yeah. And then it turns into four more. And then you're like, oh, man, that hurt a lot. But I did more than I thought. Like, just out of asking that question, like, could I, like, gun to my head? Could I do one more? I think, actually, that was on the Joe Rogan. That was his, something that he said that he really thrived with. If somebody asked me what's the best thing I can do in my lifting to get better results, I would say develop resilience. And that, that is 100% that concept. Can I do one more? Can I get a half more? Most people will work up too hard, but not work in hard. Once yeah. things are hard, that's where the value is. Yeah. And I talked to Adam from N1, and he was talking to me about pushing with my condition. And he's like, oh, I, I watch the way you push yourself, and I'm happy with it. Like, don't let anybody dissuade you from that. And his whole concept is the job isn't done. Like, you're, you're breathing, then you can try to get better still. And as soon as you think the job's done, it's going to be hard to even hold where you're at. Yeah. But if you want to stand your ground against this thing, the job is not done. I really like what you said about pushing up to hard versus pushing in hard. Yeah. Like, you know, pushing like people will go like up to like 10 reps and be like, oh, it almost was getting hard versus, oh, man, it was hard at six reps. And the last four was nasty. Like there was a grind intensity. Like I was doing some research where they were talking about um, junk volume where like, you know, most people go in the gym, they're going to hit like. 15 sets of chest or 20 sets of chest where if you do i think the magic number was like six they're like after six it starts to become diminishing returns on average but they're like man if you hit six super high intensity sets that's better than doing 20 shitty mediocre sets and that is is the key it is totally finding time under significant tension and times of focus. That's specifically to building muscle. If well, you want to build muscle, intensity, six sets of intensity is going to be better than 20 sets of volume. Yeah, but I would say in any type of exercise, the better focus that you can get, the better that you can get the stimulus you're looking for, the better results you're going to get. So what if we just pre-framed this whole thing and said, well, when it comes to getting in your workouts... What if you gave that workout everything that you had? And let's say you hate it. Fine, hate it. But what if you gave it everything you had and that was the worst part of your day? <laughs> I like Everything this. else in your day is better. better. Yeah. 100%. Like, oh, you want to talk about sweet isn't so sweet without the salty? Then let's get salty, baby. Yeah. 
Get it. You hate it? Hate it more. Get it. Yeah. Work harder. Fine. You want to hate it? Hate it. Get it done. Put all your hatred into the energy. Yeah. We're going to pour all like that it. hatred into one ring. That's a good finish in. We're not making Lord of the Rings. I know you just watched it all. <laughs> no, I like I like uh, the ending of this conversation. I, I want to wrap it up there. You know, that's a, a tight 20 minutes. But, you know, my objective of having this conversation with you is that I actually want to help these people who are, like, negative yes. about it. Like, it's not that I'm just uh, venting about people. You know, I want to... I want to find a way to transform their their mindset and their attitude so that they actually, in my hopes and prayers, they actually do love it and enjoy it, and they get longer-term success and results from it. So I like your takeaways. Even if they don't, even if they don't ever like it, get it. You want to hate it? Hate it bad. Make that worth something. Show me. Yeah. and I'll, that's, I'll take it. I think that's what I'm going to say to the next person who says that they hate it, especially when they hate it and they're giving shitty effort. So if they're hating and giving me shitty effort, I'm going to tell them, good, hate it more, but give me more effort. Like, turn that hatred into juice. Listen, hate isn't the opposite of love. It's on the same thing. It's passionate. Let's see it. Get it. Yeah, I like it. Thanks, bro. Yeah, Yeah, buddy. Yeah, fitness. (laughs) Or fiction. There we go. And that's it. Thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate your support. If you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, follow, and throw us a like on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. 